You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. And I'm DC Lucchese, guest hosting today on the Running Around Charlotte podcast. School is just around the corner. Let's face it, it won't be a normal one, or at least won't start out as a normal one. And it certainly didn't finish that way at the end of the last year. On top of classroom learning, schools are weighing the return to sports when many athletes have been out practicing since March. Many have had the opportunity to try to make that work on their own time. Dr. Christian Turner is a pediatrician with Novant Health, the specialty in pediatric sports medicine. He's got some great back to school information for us and a great bit of back to sport information for us. Welcome, Dr. Turner. Uh, Dr. Christian Turner from Novion Health. Uh, how are things on your end? How are things in the world of pediatric medicine these days? We've gotten busier again a little bit. Um, we had uh, pretty much shut things down for in-office visits back in the end of March when um, uh, the stay-at-home order was in place. And so I don't know, is a video matter? I'm good this either way. So you're fine, yeah. Um, so we we basically uh, shifted to to comply with the stay at home orders initially back in back in March and tried to pretty quickly switch to uh, find ways to to serve our patients both on the on the primary care side and on the sports medicine side, which is what I do, um, and and try and uh, manage people remotely if possible. So we switched to doing a lot of uh, uh, video visits, doing stuff by Zoom, telephone encounters, this kind of thing, and then trying to set up procedures and, and things in our offices where we spaced appointments out and uh, right. the pediatric offices set up to have uh, kids uh, for well visits just one part of the day and then saved half the day for a potential sick visits. So there was as little overlap there as possible. So um, thankfully, the the virus that we're all kind of being impacted by tends to tends to impact the kids less frequently with less significant illness and uh, and we think less cases overall compared to the uh, older kids and adults. So so thankfully, uh, not a not a big uh, significant disease burden on the whole for the pediatric population. But um, it has been a bit of a challenge working with our patients and families to encourage people that, that it is safe to come back into the office and, and get their well visits done and get their sports right. physicals in and this kind of thing. So that, that has been a, a challenge the last couple of months trying to restart that. Right. And I, and I guess that does uh, create an, an interesting conundrum as we're, like you said, trying to do well visits for the, the start of school for the younger kids and, you know, having kids of our own that, you know, that participate in sports that need those physicals taken care of. Uh, or or not? Who knows with the fall sports? But but uh, are are you seeing anything different uh, either online or in real life as these kids who are uh, I guess per, per, perhaps were supposed to be uh, practicing over the, the course of the summer maybe you know doing doing a DIY thing and maybe you know, hurting themselves in unusual ways <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe have not done the the, the prescribed training and are now uh, ramping up into something and you know exposing themselves themselves to overuse opportunities uh, anything changed on your end as as a result of all that yeah i think you hit a few nails on the head probably there so <laughs> i i did see you know i saw a little bit of an uptick 
of kind of what we would call the usual summer injury stuff. Mm -hmm. I probably saw that a little sooner than normal. And that's, you know, kids on trampolines or scooters or stuff where, you know, everybody was, once school was uh, fully remote for the end of the year, mm -hmm. kids had that time um, to, to fill and, and try and be active where they could. And so we saw right. a little bit more of that, which will, will, will usually be more of your uh, June and July and early August injury type mm -hmm. of things. Um, I, I certainly saw many fewer of the spring sports athletes because all the, you know, middle school and high school kids, that mm -hmm. stuff all got cut short. Um, you know, and it's it's tough for those athletes. I You know, we have a, a, a neighbor uh, who was a senior uh, golf athlete and had his, you know, had his season basically shut down entirely. Um, thankfully, he's going to be able to play in college. But, um, you know, it's been tough for the kids who have spent a lot of time and put in a lot of hours right. to to then have had it shut down. Um, it's tough for our kids where that's their only exercise avenue is the sport that they play. Um, you know, not every kid's got the uh, a space at home or a neighborhood where they can just be physically active or, or translate that as well, as opposed to, you know, their sports season where they're, where they're getting physical activity, you know, four or five days a week with their sports. So I've seen that a little bit too, of family conversations saying, Hey, our child's been more sedentary. They're, they're, weight gain's been uh, different than we would want it to be because they haven't had the activity. Right. And then that, that other point you made too about starting now this last several weeks as uh, you know, some of the travel baseball and softball has, has uh, right. restarted or continued to play some of the high school sports preseason stuff that's going on, especially for the uh, private or independent schools. I, I have been starting to see some of that kind of preseason over like acute overuse where the kids really hadn't done much at all for right. three months. And now they're practicing twice a week and stuff's getting sore pretty quickly. So kind of seeing all the, the full spectrum of, of those issues and, and working through those with families on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and to your point, like you said, you know, not everyone can, uh, you know, practice football skills and drills or some of those other things by themselves. And anecdotally, I've seen a lot of kids, uh, high school or you know, middle school age kids who I know are participants in other sports, and I've seen them out running. So I have seen that uh, I, for, for some of these kids who are trying to find ways to stay active, uh, other than the trampoline, of course. But, but have, have you seen anything like that? Have you seen kids who are, uh, uh, like I said, you know, exposing themselves to some overuse injuries for, you know, it's like, hey, man, when you're, you're 15, 16, 17 years old, you feel as though you're bulletproof and you're in, you're in shape because of your other sport. So you try to translate that into something else and maybe you end up hurt. Yeah, I think the key is, um, you know, having a plan going into it. And as you said, especially for the population I deal with, which is kids and adolescents up to right. the kind of early young adult population. So mm -hmm. it's a much different um, uh, startup than it would be for those of us that are post college or beyond. <laughs> um, so, you know, picking up a new activity at, mm -hmm. uh, at, at an older age is uh, generally a bit more planning goes into it and what am I going to need right. and how long is it going to take me to get ready to do this versus right. the 15 year old kids that generally can pretty well translate from one to the next, but some of it's, you know, more repetition of the same kind of activity. So the kids that I've seen that have, have been running, um, have, you know, mostly have been getting decent guidance from 
whether it's, you know, middle school or high school cross country clubs or coaches, right. this kind of thing, or, you know, family members or somebody that kind of has a, a plan in place. So I think most of the kids I've been seeing have done a pretty decent job with it, but, you know, with just with the shutdown and being, uh, uh most of us, you know, ha- having a lot of those activities, uh, uh, taken away, I think running has been a, a at least a good option. You can say, look, this is a yeah. safe thing as far as the virus risk goes, because you can do it by yourself or in a rather small group. You, you, you can do it outside, um, generally earlier morning or later evening, given that it's yeah. been hot and humid. But um, mm-hmm. so I've been talking to families about that too, saying, okay, if, if you're going to do this, how do you start it? What's a decent plan? Do you start with a walk run plan? If you haven't uh, been running consistently before stuff to look for and things to, uh, to keep in mind to, to keep you healthy with the activity Right. The virus, not even withstanding potentially, even though we we are talking about that as well. Yeah. Well, then, which begs the question: Am I going to even pretend that uh, we have a huge audience of middle school and high school students or athletes? <laughs> but I am going to make the leap that the bulk of our audience is grown-ups, and overwhelmingly they are runners, and some of whom may actually have kids themselves. Do you have any great tips? I'm certain that you do on how I can, as a parent and runner, encourage, safely encourage my young person into the cult of running. Sure. I think if we think back on when we were kids, what might have gotten us out there and what I've seen with my kids is, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, have them, I I like, um, I I like the goal setting, but, Mm -hmm. but to bring the kids into it and say, whether it's, you know, let's see who can, uh, you know, you can run a race with them just as a, you know, pure intro, just like one telephone pull to the next, this kind of stuff, do a little things right. like that with them. Um, I think having it be a time when they're in a good spot, you know, I have a three and a half year old and a five and a half year old and there's, oh, wow. uh, there's certain parts of the day that are uh, less likely for them to uh, respond well to our suggestions. Um, and so right. I think doing doing something at a time of day when they're either fresh on the day or it's, you know, they know they can go do this and then it's, you know, shower time or movie time, something afterwards that they can be looking forward to, to kind of motivate them through something that might be new. Um, it's, you know, sounds kind of funny, but just being a pediatrician we, and, and thinking back on being a kid and now with my own kids, um, the sneakers that uh, my kids have are seemingly important. You know, they have their fast shoes, as they say. So um, they, they like getting out there and, and seeing how fast they can run with their with their shoes that they have, their sneakers. So I think even kind of silly things like that sometimes help. Um, I You know, the, the biggest thing for for my family has been that um, my, my wife and I have consistently exercised with our kids from the time they were born. So. Um, having them around us when we've been physically active, I think it's been huge because they're used to just seeing us and they know, Hey, we go here and mom and dad do this stuff. And then we do, we get a lollipop or something and then we go do something else. But so I think that's been a big help. So for families with, with really younger kids, I think have just having them around and exposed to it, it just will become sort of the normal. It's similar to, you know, parents that are, uh, readers and would like their kid encourage their right. kids to read. What's the best way to do that? Well, have books around and read to your kids and read sure. in front of your kids. And so they'll see it more. So I would suggest that running is a, is a similar thing. And for the older kids, if it's a newer activity, again, some of the kids, if we're trying to add physical activity to, to meet some of those physical activity goals and move away from, uh, from more sedentary, uh, situations, 
I think talking to the kids and setting reasonable goals, you know, it's, it's a big jump for a lot of kids to, to start a running program. Um, so I think laying something out, I, I like getting blank calendars printed out and saying, okay, can we, can we color in more days than not in the month? Can we look back and then say, you know, how many days was I physically active? Did I, you know, just track it? Did I do walking, running? Um, you know, and then there's a lot of specifics, obviously a lot of resources online for how do you go from, you know, couch to 5k as some of the programs are called or things right. like that. And I think those kind of goals are, are nice too. And, you know, even for our, um, adults in the community who are, uh, new or novice runners or for the more experienced runners, just kind of finding a, a goal to set. And it's been more difficult this year with most of the races, you know, especially the bigger ones being canceled. Right. But, um, I think that's a, a big benefit for us too. I know for me as a, for sure, novice runner who, you know, grew up as a basketball player. I, I used to tell families like I only run 94 feet at a time because it's the length <laughs> of a basketball court. So but being, you know, my, my wife being a runner and, and, you know, and having her motivation and encouragement, um, you know, having something like the around the crown 10 K that we ran last year, you know, was a big motivator for me. Like I I'm, I'm not right. somebody who's getting up at 5 AM to run unless there's some real specific reason I'm, I'm working towards. And so I right. think that that helped me a lot in the last, you know, six to nine months to have some things like that to look forward to. Right. And let's talk a little bit about that for a second. I, I, as, as you mentioned, practically every event is, is getting uh, canceled, postponed, turned virtual, et cetera. Uh, and with the kids, you know, with sports, you know, being either postponed or delayed or somewhat up in the air or down or just outright canceled. Are you seeing kids who are, you know, like some of the grownups, you know, feeling the impact, you know, mentally, you know, feeling depressed about the fact that, you know, they don't have that outlet. I have, and um, it, it does come up for the kids who are used to that higher level of physical activity, which I think is the same for us as adults, that if we're not getting that uh, positive feedback from our physical activity, it can be a, it can be a significant drag um, on us emotionally. And, and you know, I, the biochemistry for that is, I think, a lot more robust than people understand um, that, that the, the physical changes, the, the biochemical changes that exercise uh, produces are are real and and they're um, uh, they're verified and I think you know sort of the runners high that people talk about that a lot of people have you know have felt there's 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 evidence behind that about why that type of thing happens and why exercise generally is a really positive influence on our on our mood and our behavior. Um, I, th there's a, a good amount of data for you know exercise as medicine, exercise as a treatment for things like depression, anxiety, things like that. So um, I, I think the the kids that are are used to that physical activity at least have that motivation to continue to find it. So it's a little bit easier to help them navigate that and say, well, instead of your sport, instead of this, what are other ways we can suggest to be physically active? Um, and that at least as for some kids allowed them to try different stuff, try different types right. of exercise, try different modalities for the kids that are not used to being physically active again, or for just the general population for adults and others who, who have not been particularly physically active. I'm a, I'm a significant uh, advocate for exercise as a, as a, uh, you know, with benefits beyond just the physical, you know, run to lose weight or exercise right. to lose weight or something like that's, that's sort of a, a piece of a much bigger puzzle that that is filled with uh, exercise benefits. So, 
you know, I think for people that have been bogged down by the uh, the significant changes from the pandemic, I mean, tons of people have lost jobs, people have lost loved ones. It's been a significant strain on, you know, school and the economy and kids. Um, I think exercise is, is something that we uh, generally can control that, that I think has a direct and significant benefit on, on the health uh, and, uh, and, and joy that we can uh, uh, try and create. So... I think it's at least been one thing that we can hopefully control when so much around us is is set, is definitely out of our control. Yeah, that's that's, that's an excellent point. You're about that that control piece. You know, with with so much up in the air, you know, it's like you know there there's you know there are there there is that aspect of control the controllables, and certainly as uh, you know as as an introduction to uh, the the larger you know what's being called this this bigger running boom and bite boom because of you know, because of the, the lack of other activities, hopefully some of that will stick and, and turn into a lifetime of activity and, you know, the health benefits that come along with that. Yeah, I would think so. Even for people that are then using it as a piece of a different exercise plan or a supplement or something like this, I think it's, uh, I, I think there's a, a good chance a lot of it does, does linger afterwards because, you know, compared to a lot of other physical activity or sports things, it's, it's relatively uh, quite inexpensive to, you know, get, you know, lace, lace something up, lace anything up and just, and just get started. I think, you know, as opposed to the kids where we may have to say, what can we do to try and convince them to go? Can we, what can we set up? I think a lot of times for us as adults, it's a matter of, we just got to get moving and just whatever that looks like, just get moving and just get started and, you know, give yourself the space to, to try different stuff and try it and and have, see how it goes and and modify it as you need to and and just move move more week over week than you did before and and we'll you know get people heading in a good direction yeah i think you're right i think you're right uh it's dr christian turner from novon health uh he's an athlete he's obviously a doctor and he's a pediatrician here with novon health uh really appreciate you taking the time to uh to share what what you're seeing on the other side of all of that and if you want to know more but if you want some some additional resources uh for healthy living and all of that uh if you, novant health has a, a fantastic email newsletter that has all kinds of um staying well being well and holistic uh health uh advice there and of course if you're trying to find a doctor in your space or place there's a resource there for you too. Again, Dr. Christian Turner from Novant Health. Thanks for joining us on the Running Around Charlotte podcast, man. I hope you have a uh, healthy and safe rest of the day. My pleasure. Thanks, DC. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration for the November 16th Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your hosts, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.